Hey everybody, this is Alex. 1717 is moving into the East Village early fall 2018. We hope to see you there. In the meantime, we hope you're enjoying this episode of the 1717 Brewcast. If you are, we'd ask you to like, subscribe on iTunes, and share with your friends. For any up-to-date news, follow our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 1717 Brewing Co. And if you'd like to be part of the show, you can submit your questions or comments on the bottom of the podcast tab on our website at 1717brewing.com, or you can email me at alex at 1717brewing.com. Welcome to 1717 Brewcast with 1717 Brewing Company. I'm here with Ty. What's up, everybody? Jerry. Hello. Phil. Hello there. And Matt. Yep, yep. And my name is Alex, and we're here to talk beer today. So, because Ty, you want to talk about the brewing process today? Yeah, let's get into it. So, we've been talking about your, well, this is the first time we've been able to drink your beer. And we've been going over kind of the ins and outs of what it tastes like and how it was made. So, let's kind of get into a broad overview. That's what we kind of want to do. Um, bring it to the floor, how everything kind of works, the brew process in full. So if you guys can, can you just kind of give us a quick kind of overview, and then we'll get more detailed with it of how you start your brewing process, um, how long it takes, kind of how it works. Break it down even further for me. Okay. So there's like three pots that you do. You think, what, what is the process? Well, it, it, just think of it like like we're almost steeping tea. Think of it that way. Okay. So we have all these grains. We crush your grains. We open the grains. them up so the hot water can get at them. So yeah. you put these grains in the water. So we can convert, get all the sugar out of those things. And you keep them at a certain temperature, yep. correct? You, you in order to get the sugar out. Temp, so do you a, boil it there? No, 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 no. So we'll, we'll, let's say that we want to hit a, a temp. Let's say we, you have a certain beer that we want to hit a temp of 152. So the amount of grain that we take... And then we add water to it, but the the you know the the grain is is colder, so it's going to eat up some of our our temperature. So we need to up the temp. So let's say we start at I don't know one one sixty eight. So we take water and we take it at the temp of one sixty eight, add it to the grain, and hopefully we're sitting at one hundred and fifty two, and that's where we're going to sit it for an hour. So basically, that's what we're doing with the, with a tea bag. We're letting it sit. We're getting the flavors out of the tea bag, but this time we're getting the sugars out of the grain. Okay, and what's that? What's that kettle? Or what is that called? That's called a mash tun. The mash tun is the mash very tun. first spot. Yep, the very first mm-hmm. stop. That's where we live. Okay, so it sits there for an hour. Give or take. Then Give or take an hour. Then yep. transfer we to really, what? And yeah, that, we, is that the work then? That's that. The end that product creates of that? the work. Almost. So we got we got that kettle. Um, so we've got, this is, this is our first runnings is, is kind of the way to think about it. We're starting to transfer some of that, that wort from the, uh, mash done into the brew kettle. And so we've got our pumps on, we're, we're transferring over, but at the same time, we're washing the grains with new hot water that comes in. And we want this water to be hotter than the water that's sitting down there. So there's a lot of school of thought, um, and this range is going to sound crazy, but it all works because I've hit every, every, every temperature on here and been pretty consistent with each one of them. You can start at 180 degrees. You can boil that water. And then that water comes in and it's on the grain. Now, it does a couple different things. One, it's washing 
all that wart out. It's clearing that it out. It's it's sucking the rest of that sugars off of there. And also, you're keeping about two or three inches of water on top of those grains. And you'll see this when you come down. You'll see the grain sitting there, and we're pumping out some pretty dark-looking wart. But on top is clear as a bell uh, sparge water that's coming in. The second reason that we want two or three inches on there is that it's actually pressing down the the grains. So it's adding some weight and squeezing the rest of the wort out of the out We're of trying the, to get uh, as much grains. sugar out of those grains as we can. That's okay. the game. That's it. Yep. We talk a lot of we talk a lot of trash like I stole your groceries. <laughs> That's my favorite. So anyway, the, the two, three inches of water sitting on top of there, it's hotter than what's sitting in there because it's got to rinse them off and it also has to keep to hold that temp a little bit and then uh, keep the pressure applied. So so it sits on top of it just because it can't wash down through it? Exactly. And, and, and the way you put it on there has to be pretty specified as well because – you if you just on? pour it in there, huh? Well, it's got to be. It's got to be almost like a dribble, almost. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't like upset raindrop. You don't want to upset the green bread. And and when okay. you guys homebrew, how I understand it is, you basically have like a an upside down frisbee. Yeah, man. I put a lid on it. I put it like a Tupperware. Yeah, lid on it. and yeah. you you put that on top of the water on top of the grain, and you pour that water on that slowly. And the reason we do that is because we don't want any channels to create in that grain because then at that point it just goes straight down yeah, and, it, yeah. and it doesn't do any of the stuff we want it to do. Okay. So our setup is going to kind of look like uh, a real gentle like sprinkler. It's going to have a thing goes over the top of it and, and water is just kind of sprinkled down on top of it and there's going to be no channeling. That's, that's, that's the goal. Like the urine of an 80 year old man. Exactly. <laughs> Start and stop. Yes. Almost constant. Throughout the entire day, but not a good hard stream. Nope. But you got to be careful when you're when you're sparging because you could you could, I mean, technically you could run water through it all day long and, and continue to get stuff out of it, you know, or just wash it and get water out of it eventually. I should have said, but when you hit a certain gravity coming out of the out of the the wart at X, you start adding too much water to it. It starts to get astringent. It starts getting bitey. Okay. okay, so taking it just a little bit back, what happens if you do upset the grain bed? What happens to your finished product? Um, you you may not get the sugars out of it that you want. So you know a couple of different things that you would do to fix it. You could you could stir it back up, kind of stop the pump, stir it back up, and that just also stirs up. Yeah, yeah. But that also stirs up a lot of the proteins. It gets a lot of cloudiness in there that you don't want. You know, there's there's a process called Vorloff. And uh, I'm sure you've seen your old man do it. The first, you take your first couple quarts of, of wort and you pour it directly back oh, in. Oh, yeah. So what that does is that you see the first part that comes out. It's real proteiny. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cloudy. And then by the time of that third, fourth quart comes out, it's pretty clear. Yeah. And that's what you want. And so the Vorloff does that. It's just concert circulation that gets, gets it until you see it getting clear. And then you can start get, going into the brew kettle. So if we get a if we get a channel, we have to get in there and mix it up, and then that mixes up again all those proteins. So we got to create that bed back down, you know, and get that bed packed. So we got to do some Vorloff, got to get some water on there. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a pain in the ass. Same thing with like a stuck uh, sparge or stuck. Uh, what am I trying to say? 
Oh, when the piping stuck, when there's like a buildup? Yeah, well, no, not so much that. Uh, there's certain grains that'll get kind of sticky like that. So wheat, you be careful. wheat and rye get real sticky. And so they'll pretty much just create a little dam inside your mash tun and water won't come through. So that, that is the mash tun, like, yeah. once again. So you're so going to kind of fix it the same way, just okay. to finish that thought. Sorry, go Jerry. No, I was going to say, so the, ne- the next stop, step in the process is to the... The boil? Brew kettle. Brew kettle, yeah. Okay. And that's, that's when we... That's, into there. that's when we, we cook her up. That's when we add the hops. What, is, you, uh, what is water boil at? Is it too... Here in Iowa, Jerry, I'm going to correct you guys. Here in Iowa, oh, at our elevation, it's 210. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Is Colorado where it goes 212? Colorado is uh, 215. Yeah, it's higher, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what happens in the brew kettle? Brew kettle, you're basically, you get you're, well, you can do a couple different things depending upon, oh, yikes. Depending upon what, what kind of grains we're using and what what we're doing, we try, yeah. one thing that we're 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 trying to do there's some stuff called uh, yeah shit I'm gonna sound like an asshole because I'm gonna get this wrong I forgot DME not DME God damn it huh? DMS DSMD DMS fuck it I can't the, think of the uh, word of, but it the flavor no God damn it it's when you gotta boil that stuff to get oh, rid uh, of uh, the uh, you know what I'm talking about DMS D wart is it DMS it's a the Wait, diacyl. It's a French the, thing. It's the, the diacyl. It's not diacyl. It's not somebody's asshole. Diacyl teen monosaccharide. Are you being serious? Right I think now? it's DMS. Oh, that was impressive. Your guys' <laughs> chemistry teachers would just be amazing. Fuck, I really cast you guys, dude, did. I took geometry, motherfucker. <laughs> Those two are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> Chemistry right. is different than geometry. Oh my god! <laughs> I've been drinking. Oh, Somebody was in that public thing. school. <laughs> All right. So what what happens in the brew kettle? Keep going. So anyway, uh, there's there's certain kind of grains that give off this DMS feels calling it. I can't remember the name, and I, like I said, I'm gonna feel like an asshole because it's 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 a basic tenet of boiling your your wort. Dimethyl sulfide. Thank you. DMS. Is that what you said? I didn't say DMS. You said DMS, but then you threw in a bunch of well, other I threw in the model. Dialysis. Psychohydrate. <laughs> so, brew kettle. So, Jerry, there's some there's some DMS. You need to boil that out of there. Okay. And, and so, you do this a couple different ways. You get, you know, a, a good aggressive boil going, and you also have to so pipe that out of there. So, it has to have a place for it to escape. If you, this is why nobody boils with a cover on their on their boil because that DMS stays in there. You, you get a lot of really bad off flavors to it. Okay, um, that's one reason. Uh, another so reason. DMS is a gas. You're boiling up. No, Alex, tell them what it is again. Shit, I can't. I can't say it, man. What's the DMS? You got the words. Yeah, no, it's acyl dimethyl sulfide. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's going to give off that. It's generally frowned upon. What, what's it say about it if you don't boil it out? Uh, bacterial contamination can create DMS, but if infection is the issue, chances are your beer is bigger problems than a little corn flavor. Aren't you getting into the corn go, flavor, the cooked vegetables yes. flavor? It gets real vegetable. It says actually infection-related DMS will probably taste more like cabbage, celery, cabbage, or even yeah. shrimp. Yeah, oh, so veggies. So again, mm-hmm. so you got to vent that shit out. So it has to. 
in our in our case, we're going to have a stack pipe that goes up the roof and, okay. and is, ends up somewhere in Ankeny. Right. So at home, you so, don't cover so it, must it be basically. Yeah. Yep. You're boiling it off. And you're Boil it off. That's that's your number one reason why you're boiling the shit out of your beer. Okay. Second is, um, you know, you add your you add your hops and whatnot. Yeah, nice face. You add your hops and whatnot, and depending upon the flavor you want of your hops, you boil them for X amount of times. Okay. Another reason is that when you add the the beer over there, we have uh, the gravity, the original gravity of the beer, like we talked about earlier. The one that I made was 1046, or no, the original gravity was 1034, or something of that nature, right? So what that is, is that's a measure of the sugars in that liquid. At that range... I wanted to boil off some of that and have some of that uh, wort evaporate to get more of a concentrate of that beer to bring more gravity into that beer. So I boil it for 60 minutes. I go from 1034 to 1046 or whatever it was. Because you're getting, when you boil it, you're boiling off that extra water. Yeah. Oh. We're going to have... So you want more of the, the wort, you want more of the sweetness, the sugar part. Because that's what the yeast is going to eat to make... Your alcohol. Okay. And does that burn off at different temperatures then, basically then? No, it's not a temperature thing because you're just going to boil it, you know. And it's okay. and it's more of an evaporation than it is, a, you know, a, a boiling thing. You're not... So do you have to be... Do you have to stay on the temperature on this? No. Or just, just a time? You just get a boiling and it's a time thing. Okay. Like Phil and I, there's... You know, and you'll see them in the stores. There's things called, like... It's, it's almost becoming a style of beer. It's like a 90-minute IPA is what mm-hmm. they call them. You see okay. that a lot. Right. So 90-minute IPA means that their first hop edition went in, and they boiled it for a total of 90 minutes. And so you know when you read that that that's a very, very hoppy beer. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, and, and depending upon, like I said, the DMS is really important to get rid of that because depending upon what kind of style you want and kind of beer you're making. Like that Christmas beer I made for that I brought over you guys' house for Christmas, I think I, I think my hop edition was 20 minutes, you know, but I boiled it for 60 because I needed to get that evaporation rate and I need to get that DMS out of there. Okay. Out of there. All right. Yeah. Next up. Next nice. up. Nice. You're cooling that shit down. So you just cut the Like gas. the other side of the pillow. And just leave it in that... In that brew kettle? No, we're we're transferring it at this point. We're going to transfer it from the brew kettle boiling hot, boiling hot, boiling hot. Here's well, and, and here's here's the thing. Um, us, we're going to do a, a whirlpool edition, and on our brew kettle, there's going to be a spout down about pecker high, and uh, it's going to have depends on how low you're hanging. I was going to say that's <laughs> different for some of us. Yeah, me, here. that's going to be the three centimeters top of the floor. <laughs> You guys, it'll be like the five mist. foot. <laughs> the water's cold. Oh. So anyway, uh, <laughs> at this point, we're going to add some oxygen to the beer, and this is going to do a couple different things. One, it truly creates a whirlpool in there. So uh, there's some shit called trub. People call it trub. I like to say trub just because I don't like saying true because it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> so I say trub. Phil says true. <laughs> I do say true. You say true. Like I say true. So anyway, what this is going to do is it's, this is going to whirlpool everything that we add in that beer. So all the hops, all the hot break, all the nasty shit is just going to spin and spin and spin. And we're adding oxygen to the beer. And so what it does technically, you know, well, in hopes... It just makes that stuff into a big cone in the middle. 
and then when we pull the beer off, it'll come off this way. We, won't we don't want a lot of that hops. extra hop sitting on our beer for men. It can throw off some of that, the hop flavor, and that's not what we want. You keep a lot of that in your in your beer. If you just, you know, home brewer, if you take your beer, your wort, you chill it down, and just dump it into the bucket, it's going to get real grassy. Fuck, yeah, I used to do that. Everybody used to do that. <laughs> so it was yeah. the easiest way to do it. Everybody used to do it. And you're you know, cooling it while you're... Not you're yet. oxidating? No. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. No. All we're doing is oxygenating it. And, and the reason we're putting oxygen in there because this is the last time we want oxygen touching this beer until it hits your glass. So when you're putting oxygen in it, what are you blowing on it? No, we're using <laughs> a, yeah, well, it's know, CO2. Depends. Boy, that would save us some money. So we're actually using oxygen. Like if we're going to have an oxygen tank. We're going to turn that shit on. You're yeah. going to find some employees back there. Oh, it's, yeah. very good for, it's really oh, yeah. good for a hangover, too, by the way. Yeah. It's good. So just pumping air in there. Pumping oxygen and, and into it. Swirling. Yep, and we're getting it swirling. And, and like I said, this last time we want oxygen really touching this beer because um, oxygen gives beer off flavors. So so it starts swirling, and then just because of that, it, it creates a cone. We're going to work on it. Yeah, leave that Okay, that back. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, so we leave that in there, and the oxygen gives the yeast something to live on. Okay. Because the yeast, um, you know... It, in the in the batches, the size that we're going to be using it, it comes in a it comes in a yeast nutrition bath and stuff and whatnot. But you have to wake it up, you know. You have to do some kind of starter, and depending upon how we do yeast, we recapture yeast, reuse yeast for different generations or not. Whatever we decide, you got to treat the yeast a certain way. And one one thing that they have to have is oxygen. If they don't have oxygen, they're just not going to thrive. Well, I mean, and it's a living that, organism. Yeah, exactly. And that's going to give you off flavors if it doesn't have oxygen because it's going to be stressed and it's going to it's going to well it'd be a lot of dead ones yeah dead and it's going to be weak it's going to take forever to do and because there's not so many in there it's going to like the rest of them are going to be like oh I got to make up for this guy and he's going to be eating like crazy and shitting out all sorts of weird flavors and you don't want that so so the water is still real hot but it's still not, real hot yeah 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 so we've oxygen oxygenated it. It's sitting there. It's got a nice whirlpool. From there, we go into the the wart chiller, which looks like the big radiator from an old, you know, Ford GMC okay. laser thing. You know, yeah. comes in one side. Glycol comes in the other side. It's cold as hell. This is still pretty hot. And then it meets. They get cooled down. Um, uh, they from that point, beer comes out the other side and it goes into the fermenter. So the glycol is in a, like a tube? Glycol it just, is it, mixes, in... It doesn't actually mix with the... No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's so they're in separate you. chambers. Yeah. So there's cooling plates are in there that, okay. that separate them. Okay. Yeah. So, so now we have to cool it because the yeast is very temperamental with temperature. Not only that, so it will kill it cool. if it's too hot and yes. it won't start if it's too cold. And besides that, your hops will continue to bitter. Until you cool them down past 170 degrees. And you have to do this quickly, don't you? You have to get it chilled quick. You either have to do it yes. quickly or you gotta you got to know exactly how long it's going to take you and then figure your hop utilization on how long that's going to take you. So when we do when we do recipes, we have to figure in, you know, what, 7, 10 minutes for a whirlpool on top of our, when we're figuring our calculation. As to what the temperature itself would drop down to during that part? Yeah, because it's not going to hit 170 to sit there. I mean, that thing will hold temperature 
you know, above 170 degrees for probably six hours, seven hours. That much liquid? Oh, yeah. Probably longer than that. We could probably come back the next day and still be on it. But doesn't it expend energy and temperature by by the simple process of whirlpooling? No, not really. No? Not as much okay. as you would think. Okay. Not when it's been boiling like that for over an hour. Okay. Still so pretty we, hot. So we have the mash time, goes to the brew kettle, and then the last one, uh, the third one's the chiller? Chiller to okay. the fermenter. To the fermenter. How long is it in the chiller? How long does it take? Hopefully just... Hopefully just Passing it through the yeah. one pass. Just to bring it down. Just, Just to bring, bring it down. Because we're coming in, we're coming in probably, you know. We're coming in hot. <laughs> coming in fucking hot. So is that where that phrase comes from? Coming out 70, <laughs> 60 It might 70. be. What? what happened? Is that where that phrase comes in? Coming, coming in, in hot. Maybe. I thought it was some dude crashing. That top gun yeah. probably. No. So what would you say is the most important part to not screw up? What? Is it all about the temperature? I've always heard it's all about the temperature. It Sanitation. The, oh, yeah, well, that's a good too. one, too. What were you going to say? I was going to say the uh, the temperature on your fermentation. Yeah. Yeah. Both are so important. Well, in the fermenter now and keeping it important, Alex. Yeah. Well, okay. Sanitation is most important because you're not drinking a beer if you don't have sanitation. But fermentation temperature is pretty important. Also, How long just does having it stay your in the fermenter? Say again. How long does it stay in the fermenter? Well, that's that's to be determined. You know, I mean, how fast do we need to pump out a beer? So, you know, <laughs> in a homebrew situation, you're doing two weeks in primary, two weeks oh, in secondary. Yeah, it just kind of depends on what the what the yeast is doing with the beer. Miss yeah. No, I got. If you have something where it's really the yeast is really going ape shit Check that and out. really eating all those sugars, the thing might be done in five days. Oh. You know, that might have eaten all the. I don't know. Once you take the the ending gravity. Like you take the first gravity and the ending one. That's how you tell how much sugar is left in the okay. I got a question. So I I did uh, one of those homebrew kits once, and I thought we did it perfectly. You know, we let it ferment for two weeks in the jug or container, and then two weeks in the bottles. Drank them; they tasted fine, but I feel like there was no alcohol in them. So at what point? Like I would have five or six, and I didn't feel abs- anything. So at what point does it turn into like? I'm does sure it turn your into alcohol? yeast, your yeast had to be bad. If the yeast don't eat the alcohol, you could sit at your original gravity. If the yeast doesn't do anything, I just think those beer kits. What are they? Do you think those yeast are? Because I, I guarantee they make you throw them in there just dry, which yeah. that might kill half of the yeast anyway. Because the yeast has to be hydrated to really start to enjoy the the sugars. So you have to hydrate them up first. If you just throw them in there, just a dry packet, half of them probably aren't even active or even stay active. So, so yeasts are crazy, man. They're they're nuts. They, you should see the one in Alex's underwear right now. Oh, <laughs> you see I've underwear. heard some crazy stories about brewers having yeast in their yeah, beers. It's gross. Yeah, there's so one. There's who one did that like, shit? The rogue guy. Nasty. His hey, yeast is from his beer. Do you guys have to grow beards? No. Is there some kind of tradition or something? If there is, I can come look at my beard this and <laughs> This guy can't grow a beer. Again, it's sectional. So, I don't know why. <laughs> so in the fermenter is where you put the yeast, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and it sets. Yeah. And it eats the sugars yep. and it creates the alcohol. How does how do you collect the yeast after if you want to use different generations? How? So so there's a few different ways. Um, well, really, there's only one way. So <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's only one way we know how to do it. <laughs> So anyway, Alex, answer your question. <laughs> yeah. 
the way that we're going to capture yeast is when you're looking at the conical fermenter on the bottom, the very bottom, there's a there's an L, uh, you know, ratchet, not ratchet, shit. There's an L arm that comes out of the bottom of it, and that's where you hook up your hoses, things, when you're doing your transfers, whatnot. We hook a sight glass up to that, and we will have you know a Y connector, one that goes down the drain, and one that goes into a keg. Okay. Because um, the yeast just doesn't say suspended. It, it drops. It drops yeah. down to the bottom. So we'll do something. It, does, it doesn't like move throughout. It does until it, it becomes does. dormant. Yeah. Okay. And so when you're looking drop. at it, when you see a, a carboy, it's doing this number. It's just going in circles. It's going ape shit. And then it starts to slow down, and then eventually it drops. Okay. So in our situation, we're going to uh, do what they call cold crashing, where we drop the, the temperature of that beer from, you know, whatever we're fermenting, 64, 68, whatever it's at. We're dropping down to 32, and that's going to put those things to sleep. And they're just going to get suspended. They're going to drop down to the bottom. So we'll let them sit there. They'll kind of pack in. And we'll start looking at the sight glass, and you'll see the sight glass, and as it's coming out, so it's a tube with that's partly glass, right? So we'll start transferring this thing over. We'll start pumping this beer down the drain, uh, and then we'll see this yeast, the dead, the the used-up yeast will be the first on the bottom because they've died earlier in the process. They've already fallen down to the bottom of the conical fermenter. So you'll see it's kind of brown. Um Kind of, kind of nasty looking, and then it starts looking healthier. It starts getting lighter in color. It starts looking more like a vanilla milkshake, hmm. uh, like a malted milkshake. You know how it's got that kind of off-white color? Yeah, that's what it's going to look like. Oh, then, I know. Then we'll, yeah. Then we'll switch. We'll switch our Y. We'll, we'll not go down the drain. We'll go into the um, yeast tank. Okay. So each time you reuse that certain yeast, it becomes, now it's the second generation? Second generation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And there are people that just do that and that and that, and now they have... Yeah. Shit. So most of these craft brewers anymore have a, a whole lab. Yeah. But how do, yeah, how do you save it? Well, when it, when it gets into the keg, then you put the keg in the freezer or the cooler, and it just kind of, it kind of camps out there. The yeasts are dormant, they're asleep, they're fine, they're, they're laying there basically suspended animation and then when we want to use them again we dump some yeast nutrient in there get it going get them excited get them, get them jacked up and then they start eating that and then once they wake up we dump them into that next fermenter and we get the fermenter closed up get it ready and then we start pumping our beer from our cooler huh. our, our chiller into there so the thing with the with the yeast generation you can't just go and go and go and go and go. It's not like a it's not like a sourdough starter where you could just continue. Okay. It's been yeah. going since you know Hamilton made it, right? So you get about six generations on it. Second, third, fourth generation are going to taste great, you know, like the best yeast you've ever had. And then it's going to start going downhill because those yeasts are going to get tired. They're going to get old. So beard guy just keeps basically bringing he just wash. New he yeast. doesn't wash. He doesn't wash basically. You know, and he comes in, they scrape his nasty-ass face, God. and they build a yeast off of it. Mm. That's, that's disgusting. That's gross. Yeah. When do you carbonate it? What's okay fermentation? What's next? Then we uh, carbonate it. Okay. In what vessel? <laughs> Not to go on. <laughs> we can if we wanted to, but we would Is that the bright tank? We put it in the bright tank, yep. So we're going to transfer that to the bright tank. We're going to add the CO2. Does it, uh, does it, like, build up a lot of pressure in that thing? So much pressure. Oh, so yeah. could it be like a bomb? Sometimes. 
Take that out. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> the NSA yeah. is on to you. So if you don't know what you're doing, you, you can get hurt. Kung Fu yeah. grip. You know, we can, there's a, there's a few ways you can carbonate. One we're not going to do is like, uh, you know, you carbonate through the bottom of the, of the beer. You put a beer stone in there. So it looks like, uh, it looks like a long, um, man, it looks like a long hot dog, but it's a stone. Yeah. That's not what Phil would have said. I know. Uh, <laughs> Phil just got I quit. It's not there. I didn't have it. So, so this thing goes in the tank. It looks like yeah. that, uh, that. Scratch stone that the pumice, pumice, it's like about where the stone, quip right? was coming in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like a long pumice stone. You know that thing, Ty, you wash your balls with? That <laughs> pumice stone? You know, no, what's it? It's a beer stone, it's it's a carbonation stone, yeah. So, so it goes in the side of the tank, it's got its own little port, it goes in there like that. How it goes you, in there. How do you put it in there without the... You put it in there before. Yeah, you put it in there before. You got to be smart enough to put it in before. <laughs> we'll have that happen once yeah, or twice. We're going to lose a couple gallons of beer. That's going to be a lot of pressure. One of us is going to be underneath there with the mouth open. The other one's going to be putting the carbon stone in. So, so, so the stone just carbonates the beer? So what happens is that the stone goes in there and... You hook the CO2 line up to the stone, okay. and then it just, it looks like, like, just bubbles. Whoa. Sorry. Yeah. It looks like bubbles just fly out okay. of them, right? So is that so porous? It's porous. Yeah, yes. okay. it's, it's pumice stone, right? Pumice stone. Pumice. So we can open the top of the tank, and, and CO2 just goes in one and out the other. And that is a really, really fast way and inefficient way to carbonate a beer. We were in trouble. We had to get one going. We could do that. We could have something carbonated in four hours. But then again, we waste a shitload of gas, and we don't want to do that because we're friends of the earth, and nobody wants to die. And we're cheap. And we're cheap. <laughs> so a couple of different ways we'll do this is that we will when when our when our beer tanks are closed, they're closed, closed. I mean, we're we're not open on those for any other any other reason, you know. And we can clean with CO two in there. We can we can add beer with CO two in in there. So they're going to always be CO two. And so, uh, you know, we'll pump it in there. As soon as it gets in there, it's on gas. That that pumice stone, beer stone, is just continually letting off gas. We'll probably set a pressure of 25, 30 PSI on that, and it'll be... <laughs> continually letting off gas. So it's called the beer stone? Yeah. I think we ought to call it Phil. Whatever <laughs> where this is going. That is not me. <laughs> so it'll be, you know... Couple two three days before it's ready to drink. You guys gonna nitro any? Oh yeah. Okay. What's that process? Nitro about? is is it's just nit. It's a it's a blend of nitro and CO two. Typically, like seventy percent nitric gas versus uh, CO two. And so then it's the same type deal, man. But it's just blended together. Okay. In the tank. And so same same process. Hmm. So what's the nitro? What's nitro the, is like purpose? it gives it a creamier kind of yeah. and let I mean, head. It feels like less carbonated, really. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever had you have like a left like hand? A, <laughs> you have. Uh, you ever heard left hand? Like no. it has a really good nitro milk stout. Well, no. I mean, any of the in the Bemis or the the who's the other stout you were saying you liked them Guinness. Those are those are going to be nitro gas. 
So when you pour a beer and it looks like you poured that much beer and the rest of it is head, yeah. that's your nitro. Okay. And then it just creates this creamy, delicious beer. Okay. We're at Nitro, the black IPA. Oh. oh. Ooh. That's so intriguing. how long does that process take in the break time? Same. What? Yeah. Same? Same process. So it's really, oh, okay. I, I figured it would be a way different you'll process. You'll have two tanks. you have a nitro, uh, a nitro blend tank and you'll have a CO2 tank. How long is it in the bright tank? Until it just drank. Oh, I thought it goes to another tank. To, no. To bright tank should be our serving tank. Oh. Um, you know, we could have a bright tank on the floor, uh, that, and, and we probably so will, that is uh, designated for nothing but, you know, carbonated beer. But we can, for us, for our purposes, we're going to have a bunch of single wall beer bright tanks in a in a walk-in cooler. cooler. So it's going to be, you know, a, a silver 100-gallon cake, okay. right? Yeah. As long as the ambient temperature keeps it cold, because at this point, there's no fermentation. There's nothing that's going to heat that beer up internally, so all it has to do is contain it and hold the pressure. So and that's you keep, all we're keep about. CO2 on it continuously? You, it's being served yeah, the, the reason we're going to CO2 it continuously is just to pump it from that yeah, room to it. the... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the CO2 just creates pressure on the liquid to, so it goes out. To push right. it Word up. I get it. We're drinking beer. Then your beer and bitch. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us for episode five of 1717 Brewcast. Uh, hope you catch you next time, and uh, hope you come by the house. We got beer.